Welcome to The Run. This is episode uh, 22. Patty Quinn, Jerry Green. We're back after a couple of weeks hiatus, we'll call it. Were we a couple weeks? Our fall break. Are we 10-day hiatus? Well, it's been a... All right. I think it's only our, been 10 days. Our schedule was out of whack. Yes. We we shoot for Wednesdays and... Yes, so we're a few days off. Yeah, a few things got in the way and... Hey, uh, too busy. Yeah, well. Oh. And speaking of being too busy, let's do a little quick uh, roundabout here before we dive into... Episode uh, 22. First of all, uh, we want to thank uh, Heidi Ryder and the rest of the gang up at James M. Hill. They had uh, both uh, Jerry and I up on a, uh, a day off for the students. What do they call those? A PL day? PD day? Uh, professional learning. Yeah, PL P- something. Anyways, professional learning. a day for the teachers. Yeah. And uh, we were there to, uh, I don't know if entertain is the word, but uh, conduct a trivia game over the course of uh, their lunch break. On that particular day, a lovely feat of uh, Chinese, a few laughs, lots of trivia, and uh, fun had by all. Lemon meringue? Oh, I went butterscotch. I know. I should have went that way. I didn't, but lemon meringue didn't go well. You had lemon meringue regrets? Yeah. I well, had, I thought, uh, yeah. I, I had no regrets in that uh, butterscotch. Uh, and supposedy there was a coconut cream there, too, that I didn't know about. So oh, geez, I missed that. I yeah, See, in order of preference, Lauren if you're Green asking it, and you're not, uh, I would have went coconut cream, butterscotch, and then lemon meringue one through three. Mm-hmm. And your order? Uh, if I was getting pie? In, in those orders. If you had to choose, you had to rank those three pies. Butterscotch, coconut cream, or lemon meringue? No, it's coconut cream, butterscotch, and then the meringue. I don't know why I picked the meringue. Jeez, we agree on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The meringue, the uh, crust was tough. Couldn't get through <laughs> my plastic fork. All right. So again, uh, thanks to Heidi and the crew at uh, James M. Hill. It's always uh, nice to get out and about. The other one too, Jerry, and take your time on this. Uh, and you do a couple of uh, appearances uh, almost weekly, right? Uh, let's get a plug in for uh, some of those uh, shows as well. Uh, well, there's a show that uh, Chris Dobson and I do on uh, on Rogers TV called Sports Quorum. And uh, he's in Moncton. I'm in Miramichi. We zoom it up and... Uh, and talk for 27 minutes, not like here. There's a, there's a time restriction, but uh, we, we had 27 minutes to talk whatever we're going to talk about. So, And, and as you mentioned, time restrictions. Uh, so folks who, who want to check that out, uh, it uh, is where? It's on uh, Rogers TV, uh, Channel 10, if you have Rogers now. Right. All right, so a little shout uh, for Chris Dobson. And is it all Q-centric? Oh, no, we covered, uh, we did a year review last show, which, again, you had to skim through quickly, but you talked about the main highlights yeah, of what say. happened in the queue going right. back to January, February, March, the really. G- the Jerry Green I know is not condensing 365 <laughs> days into 27 minutes. Um, talked about uh, the NHL and how it broke down, the NBA and Major League Baseball, the three really uh, leagues that are that had completed uh, completed themselves, I guess, if you would, on, on uh, in 2020, where the NFL hadn't, so the NFL wasn't a topic of conversation in a year-end review. And is there any other shows you uh, sit in on, or am I crazy? Is that just the one you do with Chris Dobson, or do you... Uh... That show, and then I've, I've been in, uh, they've had me uh, on just two weeks ago on uh, Cross the Line. That's it. And they I called in for that. I said, I'm not Zooming that one, just, they put a picture of me up and Jerry Green on the phone type of thing, and... And, uh, so a still picture of Jerry, and you're in on the phone. Yeah, a younger Jerry. <laughs> you're you're more, I would say, uh, you're more comfortable phone than Zoom. I'm guessing. Ah, uh, wouldn't matter to me. I like. Uh, um, just, I, I got used to the Zoom very much. So you just like getting on a show and uh, talking old times. Well, when they want an expert, they call Green. I guess <laughs> you know they want somebody. Well, and again, sometimes, and you know this, 
Uh, sometimes they want somebody maybe opinionated. They yeah. call me. All right. Uh, Got to get a little plug in here for the Eastside uh, Creative Center. Thanks to Victor and his crew for their uh, ongoing hospitality and the use of their uh, facilities and uh, technology. And also uh, Creative Grounds. You can give the gift of coffee this uh, Christmas season with a gift card to Creative Grounds. And uh, you and I are working on a couple of... Oh. Uh, our regular uh, beverages. Awesome. Just awesome. Yeah, delicious. It. Americanas again. Yeah, next level stuff. So stop by and see the crew down at Get Creative you to Browns buy one, one of these times. Uh, when you're on the fly. <laughs> well, it's interesting you would say that. Jody and Victor did give me a, a couple of uh, gift cards uh, to give away here somehow, some way on uh, this podcast. Oh, not for us to use to give away. Sure. Okay. Spread the word, as it were. So yes. we'll figure that out. I don't know quite the mechanics. I'm very familiar with that in the radio station, but. Uh, what we lack is a physical spot for folks to walk into. Maybe we can leave them at the counter in so and so's name. I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll flesh yes. we'll yes. Fl- we'll flesh that out in the uh, weeks, days, days, weeks, and months. And there'd have to be a skill to testing question to get them. What I mean is to win one. It, yes, we'd leave them here, but it'd be, there'd have to be a skill testing question for them to win one of those gift cards. Remember when that was a thing? You had to yes. send it in. What was six plus nine <laughs> times twelve? <laughs> Minus four. Yeah. <laughs> All if right. you can't figure this out, you don't deserve this prize. So I think the last time uh, we were together, uh, the uh, theme of the program was the run on tour. We were discussing rinks and uh, various locales, and uh, we decided we would uh, dissect uh, some of the rinks here. Uh, do you want to start with the uh, Miramichi Timberwolves, and then we'll get into some of the uh, nuances of some of the Q rinks you visited? Yeah. Well, allow me a little bit of rope here to uh, make this point. Do I have some room here? Uh, yes. So the Timberwolves came into the league in 2000, 2001. At the time, two divisions, Meek and Bent. Meek is comprised of New Brunswick and uh, PEI, two teams over there. We'll get to that. And the Bent division is entirely uh, through the province of uh, Nova Scotia. So to refresh uh, fans' memories uh, from north uh, to south, uh, Camelton, Miramichi, Moncton, across the Confederation Bridge, uh, Summerside, and Charlottetown for a total of five teams. There was two divisions of five. The other division had Amherst, Truro, um, Dartmouth, Halifax, and Antigonish. How, Summerside and Charlottetown always in the league together when uh, how many okay, let me put it this way. How many years were they both in the league? Well I think with sh- both of them in the league at the same time. I think the history would uh, show that uh, the before they became the Charlottetown Islanders in the queue they were the PEI Rocket. I think they re- they relocated to Charlottetown in 03. So it was a quick arc for Charlotte. Right, because yeah, I couldn't remember them being more than uh, never having to go over there for more than one game. Right, um, as as uh, the MHL as the uh, Junior A League. And, and really interesting note. We'll, maybe yeah, we'll get one. to that in, the, in a second. Uh, I can remember Charlottetown playing in the big rink um, where the Islanders play now. Civic Center, we'll call it. It's called the Civic Center, is it not? Eastling Civic Center or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then they uh, played at uh, the campus at uh, mm-hmm. the University of Prince Edward Island. And in between, there was a real smallish rink, LBA style, uh, towards. I'm more familiar with uh, the baseball locales in Charlottetown. It was on your way to where the big baseball field is in Charlottetown. There was a rink on the left hand side as you're going in that road. And uh, it was a, you know, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't a great rink for junior A level. No doubt it serves the community well. So you were at a game there? Yeah, I remember broadcasting a game there. There was an incident there at that time. There was a Cody Jenkins that played for Charlottetown, and we had Felice Toronto. Uh, do you remember him, Felice Toronto? Yes. Uh, there and was, Cody Jenkins. Yeah, there was a dandy uh, fight. I, when I say incident, there was no incident. There was just a dandy scrap, I remember, and it was at that rink. Hmm. 
All right, so when we come back into uh, the, uh, when we come back, we get circling back to where we started in 2000, 2001. Interesting note. Save for Camelton, Jerry. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Save for Camelton and Charlottetown because it's a bit of a gray area for me. The Miramichi Civic Center was the newest rink in the Maritime Hockey League at that time. In 2000. 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. So you're coming off uh, heavy senior hockey. Uh, you're coming off a well-organized team. The same guys and gals were involved. They just uh, made the jump. Uh, there was some cash in the bank uh, from the previous franchise. Mm-hmm. And you have a newish rink, and uh, times were exciting. And uh, it was another stop, of course, for teams that were traveling all the way from Nova Scotia getting to Camelton. Well, there was a game in between Moncton and Camelton, and you know how that goes uh, with uh, scheduling. But fast-forwarding to 2020, soon to be 2021, the Miramichi Civic Center has all of a sudden become the oldest rink in the entire league, save for, best I can extrapolate here in my research, um, save for the Amherst Stadium. Okay, yes, yes. All right, so let, let's walk through this. So Campbellton Civic Center, mm-hmm. newer than the Civic Center. Correct. Uh, Summerside is uh, playing in that uh, beautiful facility over there. Absolutely. Uh, and Grand Falls, Edmonston, and Fredericton all have newer rinks. Nice. Other division, Amherst, we're going to give them a pass because that's one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. Truro, Pictou County, Valley, South Shore, Yarmouth, all newer than the Miramichi mm-hmm. Civic Center. Mm-hmm. So again, in, in, in a mere 20 years, the point I'm making here, in, in a mere 20 years, we went from second newest arena to second oldest arena just like that. Yeah. And a couple of teams that have come and gone even had newer rinks, uh, Woodstock and uh, St. Stephen, who came in after us and have since vacated the league. Yes. And then you could make a case that uh, when the Moncton Beavers moved out of the Levesque, they went over to the Fourplex, then became Dieppe and went out to that Arthur J. LeBlanc arena. Uh, we'll give we'll give that a rink a pass because I I can't imagine my mind's eye because we've been there enough that that rink was any newer than the Miramichi mm-hmm. Civic Center. That's kind of an oldish uh, facility, yeah. but isn't it interesting that in a mere twenty years and nothing nothing politically charged here? Don't want to get into that uh, conversation whatsoever. But in a mere twenty years, the tectonic shift from second newest arena to second oldest arena, just like that. And some of those new rinks, if you travel around the league, Jerry and you and I have Summerside, beautiful. Uh, we've done uh, that whole series in Truro, of course. Um, Pictou County, you've never been. Beautiful rink by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, Valley South Shore, we've been to Yarmouth. Never um, been to the Edmonston rink yet. But we've seen it. Uh, well, yeah, uh, pictures with Grand Falls. Never been there. Though, spectacular. But, yeah. I've never been to the uh, Fredericton Arena either. Well, do you think uh, when you walk into the Civic Center, do you think it's an old rink? No, I don't think it's an old rink. I, I really don't. I, I think... think Sorry, go ahead. I, well, I think it's well maintained. It's uh, it serves its purpose. Absolutely. It's got a bar upstairs. It's got a, a full size canteen. Uh, lots of dressing rooms. Maybe the dressing rooms are getting a little old in uh, the way they're constructed and the size of them. Yeah, perhaps they're a little small. They're a little small. For for instance, for fans who wouldn't know, uh, when teams do come into town, they get two, and then the coaches get a room. So they they pretty much take three dressing rooms. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and other than that, and I think lately, and not to not you know, campaign for a new rink. It'd be nice if we could, if 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 uh, if uh, the stars align. Uh, but the lighting's been improved uh, here recently. The sound system's been improved yep. recently. We got a new clock. Yep. And when I was uh, there last night, uh, the other night, and um, when the lights are up bright and the players are flying, and it's it's a good looking rink. It, the only other the only thing that bothers me about that I know what rink you're gonna say. is where. 
the penalty box mm-hmm. and timekeeper's box is, it's still back in 1987, mm-hmm. where the, the glass around mm-hmm. where you and Stephen Newman sit is short, mm-hmm. and then there's no glass for the penalty box whatsoever. And pucks, I mean, again, you got to keep your, your wits about you when you're, when you're when you're in that area. Well, but I always thought, why wouldn't they go ahead and get that done? Uh, with no prompting whatsoever, I'm glad you brought that up, because I was going to travel down that road as well. Um, it's the only rink in the league who doesn't have fully glassed in penalty box areas. Guy said it last night. Well, I didn't really it's interesting, yes. The the guy who did we play last night? Fredericton. Fredericton. So I don't know if he's a local Fredericton kid or a kid who's played in some rinks abroad, doesn't matter. But he did make mention of it and I got thinking, holy shit. And then I went around through uh, the miracle of modern technology that is the internet uh, this morning. Hang on and I looked at all the rinks and it's us. Now, just to Go back to circle back to what you said about the Miramichi Civic Center, and you and I are rink rats. I love everything about the Miramichi Civic Center. I do, genuinely. Uh, it's a great rink for the Maritime Hockey League. It's a great rink for the Miramichi mm-hmm. Timberwolves. It serves the community well uh, in the off-seasons with uh, the goings-on yep. uh, in and around the arena facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not a knock, but I'm, the point we're making here is we endeavor to just bring you uh, some insight into some of the rinks in the other towns and some of the nuances about some that we have visited over the years and some of the stories that will ensue from those rinks. Just just the tectonic shift from second newest to second oldest inside of uh, 20 years. And then back to uh, what that young boy said last night. Man, oh man, Jerry, and I, you know, you can laugh all you want. Fans do kind of get a giggle when they see us uh, diving for cover, but when those pucks come in, they come in uh, very fast, and then they rattle around in there, and it's you got to really watch what you're – well, your, your surroundings is what Well, and players these days are programmed that they fired up off the glass, and the glass should be, you <laughs> should, know, you, you should be should able be to hit the glass four or five feet up. Yes. Um, I think the end zone glass is eight feet. Is a side glass six feet? Something like that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you always are pro, you spin and fire. It should go off the glass and down the ice. But when you fire it near that area of us where we are, and, and uh, um, it's always been a – uh, ongoing exercise for us to when players come into the penalty box, please could you jump over the boards rather than than open the door and and uh, and hi- well, imagine if the glass was there, you need staff. Yeah, that player still isn't closing that door. No, you need a body in there yeah. at that point in time. But here we have the luxury maybe of having them hop over and we don't have to. Worry yeah, that's about right. That. Well, and the other thing is too, there's no. From again, for folks who've never been down there, and uh, you know, if you have no business being down there, why would you? And you probably don't even care about this, but it is a bone of contention for us. There's no easy access, so if if Jerry Green, the hockey player, does jump or excuse me, use the door, right? We gotta go overboards. There's no there's no easy access. Yeah, it's like a corral in there, and, and, and there's no glass. And then there's how big a piece of glass is in front of you guys? Two feet? Three feet? I would say three. Yeah, three feet. Then no glass for the visitors' uh, penalty box or the home team's penalty box. So you got, you know, like a horseshoe in there, mm. and it's a corral. It's it's all it's all boarded in, and and the only way we get into one of them is because that's where the Timberwolves come off and on in the rink because it, it has a gate there. But otherwise, the the visitors' uh, uh, penalty box area is hard to get at for us old, not as nimble as we used to be, guys. I was just going to say, twenty years ago, I was like a ringtail <laughs> lemur. I would have jumped over that. Yeah, that's twenty-four year old me, but forty-four year old me, I don't give a shit. No, no not a bit. <laughs> that's why we always used to have a high school student do the music uh, because he or she was a little bit more nimble than Jerry Newman and uh, Quinn, if you will. Um, but. But the officials do take care of us pretty good, most of them. The linesmen will notice that it's closing. Uh, yeah. if, if we needed them, they close it on their way. And, and 
I, I suspect folks are hanging on for the, the story of the one time the puck came in and gonged someone, but geez, Jerry, off the top of my brain, I can't remember too many incidents of severe injury. Yeah, we've never have, been hit. Oh, I, I've been grazed and dusted, but I've never, <laughs> I've never required medical attention or no. had to come out with a helmet on or anything. No. There has been some really close calls. But we're well trained now. I mean, we're watching the game in most uh, 99.5% of the time I'm watching the game. And so if the puck's near me, I have a sense that I'm going to get down a little bit. You know, I've never been hit with it, though. No, never. Uh, I, I can recall at least two for sure. One was massive. Um, we've lost um, laptops. Pucks have come in there because they play the music and they used to do some of the uh, uh, live uh, internet updates from, from ground level, ice level, as it were. But can you imagine as a player, you have to be somewhat cogn- cognizant of... That area has, is a, a cavern. For, it's a hole. Oh, well, I'll be honest with you. And the puck you. won't travel well if you fire it up that way. Prior to you bringing it up, I was thinking very self selfishly of us and the glass lackage, the lackage there of mm-hmm. glass. But you're right, because you're conditioned to get that puck, chip it out, as you say, churn, spin, fire, and you just assume there's glass there. And the hole it is, and the it's like the turnbuckle in WWE where you can push a guy, take a body oh. check on a guy right there, and we, he can dip yeah. into the penalty box and catch that turnbuckle, where in, in any other rink they're in, anytime you're hitting somebody, it's a flat surface. You're not having that hole that you fall into, unless you're around the players' box. We have, uh, I, I don't think, any great injuries that require medical attention and stretchers or any of that stuff, but we have seen some hellacious hits there yeah. where you get drug into that turnbuckle area, both heading up and down the ice or left or right, depending on which way you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, and you know what? And as people who are right there on top of it, we all kind of go, oh, like, you know, you're just holding your breath going, just don't get hurt here. Yeah. If you look back to the annals of history, and Newman uh, would enlighten you on this, and I can uh, remember David Cassidy down there as well, Packers days, you remember when those guys would churn and fire that puck or some of the teams that were coming to town, Charlottetown, Dartmouth, Camelton, wherever, whoever it was, there was no glass there whatsoever. When you look back at 86, 87 oh. Packer Mania pictures, you can see a young Stephen Newman and a young There was David. no glass? Nothing. They're just sitting there like inches from the Come ice. Come on. I'm, I'm was it? Crazy. I thought that, stu- that little stupid piece of glass that's no. there now was there. No. 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 And, of course, when they didn't like each other, you know, you're right in the middle of the penalty. Two penalty boxes have no glass around them, and they, in the, if they're in the heat of battle – um, you can get caught up in some of the of the stuff that's flailing away. Well, you have easy access to chirp your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing physical. I can't remember any time where two players came across at each other, but boys, oh boys, we have seen some awful chirping going on down there in the last uh, 20 years. Some of it you kind of bite your tongue because it's funny as hell. Others are you're like, oh, sit down for God's sakes. I know. Um, <laughs> Dave Leger, I'm going back to the, that era. Dave Leger was the all-time. Uh, best chirper. Unbelievable, the stuff he used to uh, throw out there. All right, uh, so some of the rinks, uh, Jerry, uh, will uh, re- reflect on the year that you and I traveled around with the uh, Miramichi Timberwolves. Do you want to start in New Brunswick or do you want to start in Nova Scotia? Oh, no, we'll start in New, New Brunswick. So, Campbellton, we've talked enough about that arena. It is what it is. Yeah, easy access and yeah. uh, nice perch. Nice you're perch. In a, you're in a, a, a box of some sort up there. And, and there was, yeah. uh, for the, for folks like yourself and I, there was plenty of amenities, and the, the phone lines were right there. You didn't have to do too much uh, 
extraneous uh, labor to get yourself on I, the air. I always remember it was always a Friday night in Campbellton, and um, the uh, women that attended the games, it wasn't Friday night. It was Saturday night because they were dressed. Do you ever remember that? Because that big bar that they have was a beautiful bar on the on the uh, north end, I think, of the rink. <laughs> the I well, it has to be the north end because it's against the water there. It's against the bay. It's well, got to be north. And, and I agree with you. I think that was like uh, an eatery anyways. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a spot to go on a Friday night. There yeah. happened to be a hockey and game. And they're but dressed to the hilt. Yeah, we'd roll in in a ratty old t-shirt and a pair of jeans, <laughs> and they'd be like, who the hell are these two lads? Looking no, like no, it's Saturday night. Ready to Friday night. work the Ferris wheel, the exhibition, yeah. the, the way you and I were dressed. <laughs> um, the uh, Levesque, we uh, wax nostalgic about the Levesque Arena. Uh, a, a, a few uh, uh, podcasts ago, the old Cahill Stadium in the Summerside. I don't ever remember us being able to go up in the box and do a game. We were always in the end zone mm-hmm. behind. Uh, uh, there was a behind Chicken Wire. Yeah, but what was the glass? What was the place that was in behind us? Was it a can't? What was it? There was glass in behind us, Chicken. And there was a narrow narrow walkway there mm-hmm. where we had a table and two chairs. Are you, are you at ice level here? No, we're up above yeah. the, 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 the net. Oh, yeah, there was a little something behind us. You're right. At any rate, yeah. not much room, chicken wire, and the worst for a broadcaster is having to watch a game from the end zone. Because you can only, uh, when you're trying to pick up players coming yeah. at you, you want, especially the visiting team, even your home team well, sometimes you don't recognize Now, them. just so folks can get their brain into what you're saying, in, uh, envision yourself watching a game on your TV set tonight. You're watching it left or right. That's the perfect vantage point for people like yourself and I. This end-to-end stuff is no, no good. It was it was a challenge, but uh, that was always a. Um, and I remember numerous times, uh, you would say to me, uh, "Well, we don't have a guest for the intermission." I said, "So what?" Mm-hmm. And you and I would talk like we do now, and kill fifteen minutes, and and away we go the next period. See, the other thing that always bothered me too, and uh, you and I are completely opposite here. And I uh, I will say this: I do admire and respect it about you. Uh, I have my own little uh, subtle hangups. It's part of the business. Um, I prefer not to be amongst the people, if you know what I mean, the fans. <laughs> that that bothers me. I'm not a I'm looking. Well, can't you block it out? No, I can't. I'm not a performer in that sense. You you don't mind doing that. It bothers me. I do, I will admit this, I do less of a broadcast and put less into it if I know people are shoulder to shoulder with me because I don't know what it is. It's pressure. Hmm. There's eyes on you. I prefer to be way up in the balcony. Yeah, but you MC lots of events. You're 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 a trivia master yeah, and, but you and know MC what? events. And- Jerry, none of that. And don't roll your eyes when well, I say this. Well, that was scripted or what? No, no, none of that comes easy, though. I mean, you... <clears throat> People might assume you like to do it, you want to do it, and uh, it comes easy, but none of that comes easy. I get anxiety-ridden. If I know that there's a gig on a Friday night, say, uh, a concert at the Civic Center, James M. Hill, uh, the former Vogue Theater, wherever, and I knew I had a role there that was uh, public rather than grunt work, Thursday on I'd be obsessing about it. Oh, you're not um, Look at it. No, I'm the same way. I have anxiety, I guess. Absolutely. Maybe I just deal with it differently, but uh, uh, absolutely there's anxiety. If I know that I'm, I've got some sort of uh, activity game or whatever that I have to go and do uh, live, there's anxiety the whole week. Mm-hmm. Well, just, well, there's preparation and everything that kind of subsides then. Because the, and I've had this, Patty, don't laugh. No. I've had this dream many times mm-hmm. 
where I'm showed up for a broadcast with nothing. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any research. I don't have a lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I have, that's a bad dream for me. Mm-hmm. That's a bad dream. Because my preparation, I think, for a game takes away my anxiety. So when I show up, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I have no stress because I know I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. Two things uh, I take from that. Uh, I, I, I share your anxiety. Um, if it's a gig like a concert, I can tell, and it's a skill, and I'm not bragging, it's just a skill, I can tell how it's going to go within the first 35 to 45 seconds of the good evening and welcome. Just, a concert? I can read the room. Like, I, like if you're emceeing something, I, okay. can, I, I can read the room mm-hmm. real quick. It's a skill. And have you ever tanked? Have you ever emceed something and tanked? No, I don't, I don't, and I don't mean well, purposely. Not that, I, not that I know of. I, I don't mean purposely, but just where shit wasn't going your way. Uh, you've you done could. a lot more of that than I have, but uh, no, I can't recall. Uh, but again, I might be oblivious of it. Maybe I did tank and and uh, not aware that I did. Way off, or to- that it did. Way off topic. I remember it like it was last night. It was Thanksgiving weekend, nineteen ninety eight. Cape- <laughs> <laughs> what? Cape Breton. Thanksgiving weekend, nineteen ninety eight. It's kind of like like uh, Dragnet. <laughs> Well, or the lady, uh, what's her name, yeah. Estelle Getty there on uh, Golden Girls. She always picture, picture it, Sicily, 1947. Okay, uh, so uh, Thanksgiving weekend, 1998, Cape Breton, a uh, huge, massive, major international festival called Celtic Colors. Um, quick little plug, if you're into that kind of music and you have never been, please uh, get online and uh, book your hotel, cottage, or whatever uh, accordingly because it's worth it. Um your MC? Are you familiar with the geography of Cape Breton? So if you were to draw a line down the center of Cape Breton, half the shows are on the west side of the island, half the shows are on the east side of the island, and all points betwixt and between. Okay. I think in that year, Jerry, best I can recall, I think there was 52 shows in 26 communities. Big arenas like Center 200 you'd be familiar with, two local fire halls in towns you've never mm-hmm. heard of. So I'm doing a show at uh, the Sarek Auditorium, S-A-E-R-C, Straight Area Educational Recreation Center. It's, it was the local high school. Well, it, it was. Yeah, okay. And uh, it's a pressure job because uh, there was tourists from all over uh, the world, for that matter. How many people? Oh, I would say Sarek would be oh, very similar to Jameson Hill, so okay. five to 700 people. Okay. It's an auditorium? Slopes, sloped auditorium, okay. so all mm-hmm. eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. And I'm dying. It's shit's not going right. Uh, I'm 22 years old in 1998. I, I maybe I un uh, maybe I'm ill prepared. Maybe I just got nervous. I, I, maybe I made a mistake of walking around the lobby and there wasn't too many familiar local faces because the tourists were here and people from all over the world. And I bombed, and it was the worst three hours bo- of my. How do you bomb as an MC? You're not playing anything. You're introducing people. Yeah, but you like you? you like to have you like to have a little joke. You like to have a little story. You like to have a little okay. And your, nothing, your material wasn't going over. My material wasn't working. Maybe there was a <laughs> uh, a language barrier with some of the uh, world tourists. Uh, but I remember, and uh, God bless him for being there, uh, and he's a dandy fiddler. As a matter of fact, he played here in Miramichi this time last year with Dave Gunning, J.P. Cormier, uh, one of the world's greatest. If there's a string on it, J.P. Cormier can play it. And he kind of just knew that I was, he was to my, if I'm looking out of the crowd, he would have been to my left. And he just kind of walked out and said, listen. And he said, I got you here. Just introduce me. And no one heard that other than he and I. And I said, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I said, ladies and gentlemen from Shetticam, Cape Breton, you know, please welcome to the stage. J.P. Cormier got me the hell out of there. But I bombed and I, I still get, I'd like a do-over on that one. Do you know how we got on this subject? No, I have no idea. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> Funny we're, how that we works. We were talking about, I brought up, and I'm trying to track back in my mind, how did we get on this subject? Mm-hmm. Um, 
about us filling an intermission with just us talking oh, yeah, instead right. of anything like that. Well, let's talk about let's uh, let's 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 unpack that for unpack that for two seconds. I, I understand you and I chewing uh, up a 12, 15 to eighteen minute intermission, but ideally you'd want a little guest and some local flair, right? But what like I if you're in Amherst, we used to get Billy Riley. Yeah, but we get yeah I know, and then we get we'd analyze. Statistics. So I would bring us the standings or the scoring parade or whatever, but, but, and then we we do it that way. But, but see, in those yes, days, in, but no, we didn't have any local impact. And no disrespect, no disrespect to the teams, the coaches, and the organization, or us for that matter. But there was no great statistics to analyze in those days, as mm-hmm. you'll recall. We mm-hmm. were on the uh, on the short side of many game sheets. So you know, if you could get a Danny Barry and Annie Ganesh, if you get a Jim Bottomley in Halifax, for God's sakes, get them up there and well, yes. just deflect from the fact that it's 7-1 after yeah. 40 it's minutes. Not always, uh, um, it's not always the accessibility of some of that, the, those people and, and, and knowing them, first of all, knowing who's who. You know, I think our last arena we uh, were talking on was uh, Summerside, so nine times out of ten we were looking, uh, well, no, ten times out of ten we were looking the full length of the ice. We were never really invited up into the broadcast No, booth. never. Uh, if you got there early enough, and nine times out of ten our games in Summerside were always uh, two o'clock Sunday starts, we'd be rolling in from Truro the night before. We used to do that god awful Miramichi. Used to do that god awful Antigonish Truro Summerside run, or yeah, or from Miramichi, correct? Uh, but uh, the canteen facility in that old Cahill Arena was full service. Like we're not, we're talking full menu platters, rolls, yeah. Goldslaw, the whole nine yards. You remember that? No. Yeah, you were never a big. Eater before a game. I, on the other hand, <laughs> not before a game. No, no I on the, well, I did the before and after. <laughs> so I remember Woodstock. The seats are on one side, and you had to run a line all the way up from the uh, Zamboni room. Woodstock was not an easy ring to do a game no. from. And uh, you told a story one time. You had to do one from the bar in Woodstock. Mm-hmm. I never did one from the bar. It was always down in that far end, far corner. Again, you're watching the game from a at an angle, an angle mm-hmm. type of thing. It was mm-hmm. never never ideal. Um, the other sp- stops in New Brunswick. Besides, I never did a game. Oh no, I, we did that infamous game. Uh, do you remember this? We were at the uh, fourplex. I know exactly what you're going to say. Is it a playoff game? Yes, it was. It was a playoff game against Dieppe. Right off the hop, Moncton in those days. Yeah, and it was uh, Todd McDougal mm-hmm. and uh, Cormier. Kevin. Kevin Cormier. And Kevin Cormier was 16 years old, and you couldn't knock him off the puck. You couldn't. Uh, he, he wasn't afraid of anybody. He had great size. And he and McDougal fought one time, I think, in Mary Machi, perhaps, right. and McDougal didn't know what he was getting involved with. And right I at, think he was left-handed. Right at center ice. Jimmy Kelly could give you a play-by-play of this one, but it was right in front of us. But yes, keep going. Are we talking about the first time they fought or the second no, the, the, time The, the Civic Center one. The Civic Center one, yeah. Right. I can't remember which, it. I just, which which I, led to the one you're about to describe. Right. And it was a playoff game, and, we, and the Timberwolves had a good team that year. So, geez, Patty, it must have been 04-ish then. And um, it was early in the game, or was it right off the top? Right off the hop. Right off the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, See, McDougal now, just, hit him on the on the button, and down he went. Just let me jump in there. There was uh, some conversations at uh, the center ice line during the warm up, so there was every every reason to think this was going to happen. Oh yeah, McDougal wanted to rematch. Yeah, real quickly. Yeah. Do you remember your call? <laughs> you went bananas that night. Well, I, what I remember is, I think like uh, Ian, bananas. 
Ian had uh, put together the radio broadcast and what he was videoing together as a compliment, compl- compl- compliment, <laughs> say it, a compilation. Yeah. He, comp- he put it together and, and synced it up. And that does exist on YouTube. Maybe we'll uh, tweet out a link to that. Uh, I think I have it. Yeah, because you're you're broadcast. I think I have the. He gave me a copy. As I recall, too, and I I, I judge not, and don't laugh or don't roll your eyes when I say this, but I remember you. We always uh, okay. So here's another little oddity for us. When we were doing the games, I was always to your left. Always to your left for whatever reason. I'd be to your left, and I just remember you. We knew this was going to happen. You looked over like, shut up. I got this. I never would have said no, that. No, no, but I, I, you didn't say it. I, no. I didn't say you said it, but you had that look like, I'm going to I'm gonna pin the needles here. You make with this. it sound like I put restrictions on you. Yeah, I don't. I'm no, not, no. I mean, we're a listen, team. Listen, let your guard down here okay. for a second. All I'm saying is you looked over like, this is happening. I got the call. Yeah. And then the gloves came off. McDougal hit him. And you would just, you went from normal Jerry to high register Jerry. Well, it took a few. I mean, I think each of them had thrown two or three before McDougal finally got him right on the button and down he went. Just dropped him. And that was the first time he ever went down. And, and he was, for 16 years old, he must have been 215, six foot two, something like that. Can I be honest with you here? I think you're confusing Cormier and his brother at 16. I think Kevin Cormier and Tommy Dougal would be the, roughly the same age. I think Patrice Cormier is the Cormier you're thinking of the 16. You think... You think Kevin Cormier was the heavyweight champion at 16? Oh, yeah, you know what? Because he did go on he to a couple-year career and in Halifax. he played in the queue. And oh, yeah, you're, you're right, Jerry. Yeah. I remember an imp- uh, a game. No, you're very right. You're very right. The next year, the next year there was a game. Halifax was playing St. John. I was doing the play-by-play for the Sea Dogs. In the queue. In the queue. Mm-hmm. And they had a fellow named Brett Gallant that they brought from PEI. Oh. Uh, uh, Tipper LeBlanc was high on the kid. Beautiful. Tough as nails. But not big. He wasn't big. No. But you couldn't you couldn't hurt him. I mean, he could take a punch. But now, this is his first year as a enforcer. Enforcer. And he wants to take on Cormier. And Cormier's gotta be fifty pounds heavier and a you know, three inches taller. And I know both of these Gallant players. Gallant goes at him. I know and both of these players well. I'm getting Cormier's getting fending chills. them off and then bang, knocks him down. Cormier gets Gallant? Yes. Okay. And they, you know, he still hops back up and wants to get at him. Mm-hmm. Linesmen are in. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he go after him again? The same game. Mm-hmm. Brett Gallant. Beautiful. Now, Brett Gallant's making a career of it. I love it. Playing a uh, long time for the Islanders at Bridgeport. Or Bridge. Uh, um, yeah, Bridgeport. You're right. Something sound. Isn't it? Uh, Bridge. The Bridgeport Sound Bridgeport Tigers. Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And has had a great career and is renowned for being as tough as nails. You can hit him. And his, yes, he'll let you hit him. His brother, but he can take a punch. His brother's out west in the AHL yes. as well. Yes. Do you remember him in uh, the year that Summerside went all the way to the RBC uh, Cup and uh, he terrorized our league? Him and Will Johnson, they were kind of like mm. um, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, if you will. Yeah. Uh, uh, they used to run roughshod. When Tipper rolled up Brett Gallant and I said, this is the guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, watch him. I mm-hmm. said, okay, I'll watch him. And he was maybe 5'10", 180 pounds, maybe. But, maybe. But tough as nails, though. But would not stop. You mm-hmm. couldn't, you'd have to, you'd, it, it's like a uh, an elephant coming at you where you'd have to shoot him once, and if he keeps coming, you got to shoot him again. Jeez. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Nice analogy. No, no, you couldn't stop him. You could not stop him. Have he ever, could take a punch. Have you ever fired a gun in an elephant? Or no, no, never fired a gun, ever. <laughs> you, I, I haven't either. You've never... I've never. Fired a gun. I've never fired a gun either. Really, I, th- I was always embarrassed to admit no, that. No, no. Wow. I, I don't have no problem admitting that. But 
So that was that. Well, was, just uh, just around here, everyone likes to go to the woods and hunt. Yes, and, and I'd love to. You and I get to the camp. We keep the stew on for the boys. <laughs> that's that's our job. Yeah, keep yeah. red a light simmer and get the crib board ready. <laughs> Have the music playing. Yeah, and rum on the table. <laughs> so, do you remember when Brett Gallant, when he was in the Maritime League, would take a penalty? He was always one of the great gentlemen in the league. You could have a great chat with him, and he knew his role. He would snipe a few goals, beat someone's forehead in, and then bid you farewell and say, "See you mm-hmm. next time, boys." Sorry, I interrupted you. That's all right. The reason we got onto that, we were talking about the uh, the uh, the times that we've ever done games out of Moncton. And that would have been, the fourplex would have been the only place I can remember that I did a game for the Timberwolves. Well, see, I did did Levesque the year before, and then fourplex, and never in the uh, Arthur J. LeBlanc when they became DF. But again, the fourplex, here's uh, anxiety-ridden me. (laughs) You're at, you're at, you're at. uh, You're in the walkway. Yeah, you're in the walkway. (laughs) People are right there watching the show. Hated it, hated it. Let's go through the other division. That's when we get Hodge to come over and do intermissions. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Neil Hodge. Yeah. Um, let's go to the other division. So back to uh, our first year doing the broadcasts. It seems to me uh, nine times out of ten, our trips to Amherst were always on Saturday evenings. And you were at you were in the crowd. Mm-hmm. One time they put us in the broadcast booth. Yeah. Way, 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 way End down. End zone. And, and you were kind of like at a 45 degree nah, angle. That was a horrible spot. Yeah. There was a good fight that night, too, down the far end, if you remember. Yeah, Tyler Davidson for Amherst. And How the hell do you remember I that? I do remember because he ended up coming with us after that. Yes, that's right. Tyler Davidson and uh, holy God, why do I remember the Ramblers player, not ours? It wasn't. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to go McDougal again. Maybe McDougal or Leger. Yeah, I don't recall. But anyways, the Amherst Stadium was an old arena, a barn. Uh, as I recall, Jerry was bench seating. There was no seats per se. Yep. Um, they always drew well, and it was a thing to do on a Saturday night. And always, I have I have very good memories of, despite our shitty vantage point, I have very good memories of going to Amherst. Mm-hmm. I really do. And it seems to me they they always had like like a pre chuckapuck. Uh, the the kids were always tapping there as I do it on the table here. They're always tapping their pucks on the the old boards, and there was an awful rumble in the arena at all times. And I don't know if it was a joke on me, not knowing Amherst very well, but I was always <laughs> told, well, yeah, Saturday night they they have the uh, they give the passes out at the psych ward, so they can go. <laughs> there's a, supposedly some hospital nearby. <laughs> day passes. You were told that, yeah, something like that. <laughs> they get a night out, do they? But there's another place where. No, you weren't there. You were homesick. Well, see now, listen now. I want to set. I want to set this one up because it's one of your great all-time broadcasting lines. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It is. Yeah. Uh, I had a surgery. I wasn't sick. I had a surgery, as you'll recall, and I was uh, laid up. I had her on my a very sensitive area, I'll call it, and I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't sit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were standing the whole game, so you could have come. No, you couldn't sit on the bus. Couldn't sit on the bus. No, um, and I was getting daily extramural visits at the time too, so couldn't miss those. No. Um, I think it was Langtang that sat in for me. Is that correct? I believe you're right. Brett Langtang, yeah. So, again, this is early Timberwolves. Uh, trips to Amherst on Saturday nights seldomly went our way. Uh, this one was out of hand and out of hand early. Mm-hmm. 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, 5-1, whatever it was. Um, we're getting out shot. We're getting out played. And now we're down at the other end of the ring. You and, and Langtang. We're, we're just in the cor- we're just in the walkway. Right. With a phone line that ran somewhere, and, and there we were, and people standing around looking at yeah, us. Yeah, you're, you're in the walkway again. Right. You're in the crowd. Right. So at one point, 
Ammer scores a goal to make it 14-2 in favor of the Ramblers. Final score, do you remember the final score? I think they got 16. 16-3. 16-3. Shots were like 77 to 29. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Amherst. You're home listening. I'm home, heavily yeah. medicated on uh, prescribed <laughs> pills. Yeah, I think you imagine this. No, no, I'm home, heavily medicated uh, on uh, prescribed medication there, trying to uh, heal from uh, said sensitive surgery. <laughs> Amherst pops the goal to make it 14-2, and I'll set the table for you, and you can take this out of the water for us. Your great line that night was? Well, we're down by a dozen. Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> We're down by an even dozen. Yeah, an even dozen. <laughs> Let's take. You're a break. listening to Timberwolf Hockey at CFN. <laughs> and with that one, it's fourteen to two. We're down by an even dozen. That Let's was take a, a long break. night. Oh, that was a long night. Some long, long nights uh, at uh, some of those arenas. So uh, the. I, sorry. No, that's all right. I'm trying to go through. The, was there more? There had to be more than that in New Brunswick for rinks that you and I. We did the Woodstock, well, listen, the again, Campbellton. Well, hang on now. Dieppe. So uh, originally, when we came into the league. Camelton, Miramichi, Moncton, Charlottetown, Summerside. Yeah. All right? Right. Um, and then uh, we lose Charlottetown. They went before Moncton. Moncton moved from Levesque to Fourplex and then became Dieppe. Am I right to say Moncton became Dieppe or did Dieppe? Was Dieppe born from somewhere else? Doesn't matter, but... Uh, 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 Woodstock, we did. We never, we weren't broadcasting in St. Stephen. Certainly, weren't broadcasting no. in Grand Falls and no. Edmonston. That was it. So Amherst, we got that in the book. Truro, the old Colchester County Legion Stadium. Again, <sighs> it was an awful. I thought it was an awful spot. We're behind glass. Yeah, I think or it was something. an awful spot. I've done yeah. games at bar level. I've done yeah. games at crowd level. Yeah, and the worst one I've done because I can remember setting the gear up on top of a vending machine. Right. You remember uh, yeah, that one? That was that, yeah. We, we did that at ice level in the corner. Yeah, and awful. Awful. And, and again, again, you would think it's all glamorous and uh, fun, and it's not. Part it, Doing the game, in some of these rinks, what it took to get yourself on the air, yeah. doing the game was very secondary. There was some engineering that had to happen. And, 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 and at times, stressful to Very get the right person to get you into a room that could get you a phone line that you could be in a spot that they wouldn't uh, look down on you that you're in somebody's way right you know and these are early days uh, although the maritime hockey league has been around for years and years and years in various uh, incarnations I would say outside of Miramichi, Jerry, my mind's eyes, I stare off into nowhere. Summerside used to do a broadcast, and other than that, mm -hmm. I can't remember too many. So uh, the point I'm making is no one gave a shit, mm -hmm. and they didn't have to be phone line conscious and mm -hmm. chair conscious. And oh, yeah, and wouldn't have sort of, uh, a box or anything like no. that that would need for press or anything like that. Because there's never been one in Miramichi. We've never had an area... Except in the end zone, oh, there was no. a phone line, but there was never a press box in Miramichi. I'm glad either. you said that. I was going to come full circle on that. We're not. We're not shitting on the other arenas because no. we're we're ill prepared as well. Yeah. As much as we'd like to think we're prepared for a broadcast, we're not prepared for a broadcast. Not even close. I've seen them done above the benches, uh, opposite where you and I would normally be sitting on a Saturday night. I've seen them done in that oh, yeah. far corner towards yeah. the St. John Ambulance area. I've seen them done above the Zamboni door. Right. Um, and then behind us where Hollahan and McLaughlin are now. Well, I was, none of them, none of them, good vantage points. I was told one time there is a door on the third floor that goes out onto a walkway that goes up onto an area where the ventilator is. And didn't Hoppy do a game from up there one time? Was he with you or was it 
I remember that. Uh, it wasn't Packer days. I don't believe they call that a ventilator. That's well, whatever. Not ventilator, but uh, <laughs> air exchanger. Yeah, exchanger. Or air, conditioning, air conditioner. Whatever. Well, no, it, it wouldn't have air conditioning. That's for sure. An exchanger. Maybe it was during Tim Horton Leaf days. I don't know. But oh yeah, there, they the, did a game from up there one time. It's up. It's up. I'm trying oh. to. It's up at bar level, like that. That in You'd the arena. You have to be medicated to be up there. Well, <laughs> it was a see-through floor. Yeah, they probably. <laughs> yeah, it has metal grates. Right. Yeah. They probably put a pint of vodka and said, it's up there, you get there, and he made it. <laughs> and then he never come down. <laughs> so what about, uh, you bring up Churro again, I don't think I was with you, but there is a great story about an event that happened in Churro that involved one of the Timberwolves staff. Well, there are <laughs> And many. we've mentioned him many times. Are we and we talking on or off the ice? Oh, you're. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. All right, so it, Churro, just a little, little, a little background here, and maybe we've... Uh, I don't want to beat this one into the ground. Maybe we spend too much time uh, setting up the stories. But Truro was always our hub. That was our home base. We would mm-hmm. hit Nova Scotia and bang out a couple of games. We always doubled back to Truro. Truro, I don't ever remember staying in a hotel, save for Yarmouth, way down on the southwestern shore. I don't ever remember staying in a hotel in Nova Scotia that wasn't in Truro. We never stayed overnight in Antigonish. No. You never stayed overnight in Amherst or down in Metro Halifax. No. Truro was your hub. Right. So there was lots of buffoonery both on and off the ice. This one, you want me to tell the 50-50 story? Is that the one? Yes. Were you with me at that one? Or is I it don't a- think I, w- I I can't remember. Uh, maybe I've heard it so many times, maybe I think I was. So it seems <laughs> to me at the old Colchester County Legion Stadium. No, we were down the corner. I can see it now. We can you really? That, we were in that corner, yeah. So... We thought, what is he doing? Yeah, one of the, one of the all-time greats <laughs> and a legend, and uh, we're, we're going back to him again, and may he rest, uh, Danny, um, the Savage. captain. Yeah. So the Jerry Green of the Colchester Legion Stadium is on the public address uh, doing the uh, nightly 50-50 draw. Now, typically for folks, you do a one pass, two pass, three pass, and then if no one shows up, you do it again. So time was of the essence here, This, hence the lunacy that is about to ensue here. So the Jerry Green of the Colchester County Stadium pulls the ticket. Ladies and gentlemen, check your 50-50 tickets. Tonight's winning numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six. Nothing happens, and we don't care. I don't even know if we have any. Do we have a toe in the water here? Do we? Do we buy tickets? No, okay. no, no. So this is all happening, you know, around us. We're not really conscious that it's fifty-fifty time. We're more concerned about the game, right? So obviously, a second pass is made. Tonight's fifty-fifty ticket. One, two, three, four, five, six. Still looking for tonight's winner. No one shows up. <laughs> Again, we don't know what's going on here yet. Now, here's where we get involved because all of a sudden, on what I can only assume was the third and final pass before they tear that ticket up and start over again. Ladies and gentlemen, final call, one, two, three, four, five, six. And all of a sudden, you and I are looking at the ice. I remember, I think I caught it first, and I, I remember nudging you going, Jesus, Murphy. Look There's at, a stoppage. Look at this. There's a stoppage in play, icing at the far end from where we were. Yeah. Never forget it. And all of a sudden, the... <laughs> All of a sudden, the Timberwolves bench door opens, and Danny, with his tickets, waving them, runs across the ice. Across the ice. Game's on. Game's now on. It's stoppage, though. <laughs> stoppage in play. I got the ticket! Because he can't get there any other way, yeah. and we don't know anyone in Truro. <laughs> he runs across the ice to claim his prize. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make that shit up. That is un- that- Imagine that happening, though. That'd be funny. <laughs> Somebody coming over from the Camelton bench across the Civic Center, right? Saying, "Yeah, I've got that ticket." <laughs> we hand him three hundred dollars. Well, and he goes, now the punchline. 
Um, what is the punchline? The announcement of who won the 50 Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you, am I taking this one or do yeah, you? All right. So, so he gets his cash and does. He doesn't go. He doesn't go the long way. He goes back across. Back across. Yeah, he throws in reverse and goes back across the ice for the second pass. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, as play goes on and they uh, recalibrate, because you, uh, of course, have to announce the winner so people know it's legit, they said, congratulations to tonight's 50-50 winner, the captain, <laughs> is the name he gives. That's the name. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you just get the old wave from the bench. <laughs> And outside of the players and the coaches, there's two other people in their rank who know who the captain is, and it's you and I. And we're just there going, oh, my God. Because he runs over, they open the, the penalty box, and he hops in. And then he's collected his money and everything, the play must go on, and so on and so forth. Another stoppage, then he runs back across. Well, you can't imagine nowadays. Like, can you imagine a referee looking over his shoulder going, what in hell is going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we make it sound like... This is the Wild West days of the Maritime Hockey League, but it was a good league in, in those days. Like, this is, shouldn't have really happened, yeah. but yet, here we are, 17, 18 years later, telling you the story. So, from Truro, um, no great vantage points. Uh, some great memories in Truro, of course. It was always a great stop because there was always a connection between Truro and Miramichi in the old senior hockey days. So, right. inevitably, you would run into someone say, hey, have you seen Timmy McCarthy? Yeah. Hey, how's Bev Bond doing these days? And they wouldn't name some players at you, and you always felt like... There was always, I, I always find, I mean, I hate them for losing uh, in game seven in 2017. Um, I shouldn't say hate them, but no, no, you I hate them. So. Yeah, I do hate them. Yeah, absolutely. Or should do. Thank you. Um, but there always has been a connection between Chatham and Truro, or mm -hmm. Chatham and Truro, Miramichi and Truro in this league. Mm -hmm. You feel that? Oh, no, for sure. And then, you know, in, in 17, in the final, we, we uh, travel for every game. As spectators, not as broadcasters. Actually, we were doing Facebook Live updates between each period and before each game. Yes, McLaughlin. And so and there I. was some activity in that regard, but uh, we were doing that on we weren't going to miss it. Ninety-five nine Son FM's webpage at the right. time, or Facebook page. We weren't going to miss that because we thought we were going to make history, and we should have and didn't. But that's uh, our cross to bear. Do you remember the uh, highlight of our uh, visit to Truro on the air? On the air, who joined us? Oh, yeah, it's Jonathan Torrens. Mm -hmm. Torrens? Torrens. Yeah, correct. Yes, from the Die infamous Hard. Trailer Park Boys, but he's done many things, oh. as in his first job was... Street Sense. Street Sense, right. John O'Vision. Yeah. And then um, he's uh, he's on Mr. D, or what? He's active on Twitter, folks. If you want to get on there, he, does, he, has, some, he has some good stuff And there. he's a true Bearcats guy. Yeah, like, no. He, he lives in he that He was county. at the game. And we said, come on, we're doing a Facebook Live thing, and he jumped on with us, and away we went. And again, the, again, the, the showman in him... Yeah. It goes, hey guys, like, and we, we paint a picture as to who we are, and he turns around. Yeah. Like, just gets right in the zone with us. Yeah. Um, but I don't like that rink. We had the conversation. The new one? No. I don't like it at all. Not at all. Not at all. What, uh, what don't you like about it? I, there's I various things I don't like about it. Well, the seats are up high. Yep. And uh, two tiered, as a matter of fact. There's a mid level and then a higher bowl. Yeah. Go ahead. And I thought I'd like the, um, I thought I'd like the glass, um, uh, or the lighting. I, did, I thought the lighting was kind of like you're in an auditorium. It wasn't bright enough, I didn't find. So it was a couple of things there. And then the, and then the glass was a, a thing for me, even though I thought it would be a cool idea. I don't know if it really went off well. but Don't ask me to explain this. This is very nerdy. I apologize for this. And don't roll your eyes. Um, I don't like the way it sounds in that rink. Mm. And I, I, no, don't, yeah, I, I don't mean the PA. I don't, I, I'm talking ice action. Yeah. 
You, you, it's very well. It's a huge ceiling. It's, yeah, it, it's hollow or yeah. vast, whatever. And the maybe word. that's why the lighting isn't great either, because mm. it's, it's so the 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 roof is so high. And yeah, I don't know why it would have to be because the seats don't go up that high. I don't uh, like that uh, arena at all. Hmm. No, it's interesting that we would both go there. Uh, the the Colchester arena had so much character to it. Yeah, Colchester County. But I, I remember that's... many times they couldn't start. They couldn't play any games because there's too much fog or the ice had deteriorated in the early part of the season, in maybe in a, in a, sept- in a early October, yeah, or do. even in the spring sometimes where it would get too warm in there. Humid or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Many times I can remember that. Uh, from the Antigonish, or sorry, from the Truro, we head down uh, the highway, the Trans-Canada to Antigonish. Uh, that was a barn of an arena. Um, and you had to pay to get into a booth. To broadcast. Remember that? We had to pay them something. Remember we had to go get the key and we had to pay. Do you know, do you know what? You're, I forgot about that little nuance. You're yeah. 100% right. I can remember exchanging cash with the rink attendant. Something. Yes. And it's not like it was a deposit for the key. Yeah, we, we, never, we, pay. we never got our money back when we handed the key back, no, did we? No, 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 no. That was part of it. If you, and there suppose was a line was in there. Long distance charges, I suppose? Maybe. Oh, my God. Maybe. Um, Leo Gee. <laughs> I have uh, mixed uh, emotions as I shit on the old arena. Uh, I have great memories there from working down in Cape Breton. You were always going up to see, look at in the good old days, Jerry, there was, um, you could see Junior B, Junior A, and uh, University all in, uh, you know, the same weekend, if not the same day sometimes when the moon and stars yes. aligned. You had like a like a 1, 4, and 7.30 start. That must have been something else. Um you know, it was a barn of an arena. The new one on uh, the Santa Vex campus is is beautiful. Um, the old girl still stands and it's still used. But uh, oh, is it? The again, the vantage point. Uh, is, look at if you can picture the LBA. It was very LBA ish. It was cold as hell, and our vantage point again was in that forty five degree yeah. angle area. We, yeah. There was a booth you had to pay for it, but it wasn't a great angle. You were looking. It seems to me the benches were on the s- opposite sides too. You, we were looking towards Antigonish. Um, maybe, yes, right. Maybe I have that they wrong. They weren't on the same side. Okay. No, they weren't. No. Um, so not a good Still one. Still see Marsden's head steaming away in the, in the penalty the, the box. The penalty box. That was the great, the great <laughs> cup game that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, he ends up coaching in Miramichi. <clears throat> uh, and then the other two from the infancy of our broadcast days in the Maritime Hockey League uh, was the Dartmouth uh, Sportsplex, which, you know, was your typical – yeah, uh, city arena, but no personality. No whatsoever. personality. No great character. It was built onto a pool, and there was a whole walking facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very hollow. Very no one gave a shit about the Dartmouth DQ Blizzard. Mm-hmm. There was about twelve people there at best. Uh, and then you cross the harbor, and uh, beautiful arena in its day uh, has served the community well. Back to the AHL days, as a matter of fact, and still does. Still does, but it's old. Uh, but it has tons of character. Was the Halifax Forum, and for you and I, whew, you'd be out of breath by the time you finally got there. That mm-hmm. broadcast booth was high, and you'd have to. I remember you had to stoop right down. To get through the walkway to get you into the You're area where right. it was, and and uh, for a big guy that wasn't always easy. And then once you got in there, you didn't want to get out, no, because it was a pain in the ass to get out. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing: if you can remember too, the way it was constructed, and it seems to me like it was an afterthought. It wasn't purpose built because they would have had the AHL in presumably media in those days. It was out over the ice. Yeah, there was some of the ice that was right. behind you. Right, and, and all of the fans were behind you. Yes, it's a really. Oh no, you stick your head out in the ice. Is the the boards are right there underneath you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh was... no, I like those kind of perches. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, 
but uh, the the acrobatics you have to <laughs> and the contorting uh, contorting you have to do to get in there is quite a challenge. So as we wax nostalgic uh, and just uh, this is an indictment on the business, an indictment on the industry. But uh, you know what a shame is here we are in twenty uh, about to roll the calendar to twenty twenty one. What a shame that the art of the local radio broadcast is kind of a, a thing in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like well, now it's more online than it is, but there's still some broadcasting being done. But yeah, radio, no, no, uh, absolutely. There, that uh, f- hockey TV, or it used to be called Fast Hockey, Hockey TV, whatever it is, McLaughlin and uh, Hollahan uh, do it here locally. No, uh, perfect. I, I love it and I respect it. But just, I'm a radio guy at my core, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, it's a thing of the past. Well, you know who's back on radio. I think you told me the Sea Dogs. Well, the Sea Dogs are back in the original station that I started on, which was CFBC yeah, in St. John. A legendary single signal. So St. John has, I think CFBC has split into an FM AM type of thing. And, and AM is so... Uh, Antiquated. Passe, yeah. I guess. Uh, but the signal carries. I mean, the signal at night on an AM station carries a long way. Well, for the same and reason. And it still has the power. For the same reason you and I can flick on to, try us out, folks, flick on to WFAN New York, uh, 660 AM. 660. You will hear that tonight in Mirror Machine. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Especially in the winter. WCBS 888. Yes. Traffic and weather together on the 8s. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> What's happening on the bridges? Yep. Um have gone back there. They were originally, and this was a trend that was going on. I think Moncton's still doing it on Harvesters FM, which is a Christian station. Yes. Yes. And that was the case. It was new song in St. John. John. Mm -hmm. And um, they didn't want to do it last year. So then St. John went online. Well, look at, I don't know the answer to this other than uh, I think I'm right in saying this because I've worked in the business. I think two things are happening there. When it made that transition from major companies, we'll call them, to the Christian networks of whatever locale it was in, it was twofold. It was to create an awareness that there was another signal in town. Absolutely. Increase your audience and, of course, uh, the almighty uh, revenue. Yes. From uh, sponsorships, you and might scoop adver- somebody up in the web, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it worked. It, it pre and post game, there'd be a show that maybe you liked, and so you started listening. To sure, more, absolutely. You know, and there's many reasons, and I think it worked for them too. I think it did, by and large. So then, the so then St. John went to online, and. Um, they had me hired to do them out of Bathurst, and they had different locales. They didn't have a full-time guy. And this is what they're doing now with CFBC, even though it hasn't got off the ground very far. Just before I was supposed to do a game, that's when they pulled the plug uh, about going to Bathurst. So I haven't oh. done a CFBC broadcast yet, of which I'm fully prepared to go down the, the uh, memory lane about the first time I ever did a game there. So that's kind of a, uh, 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 an intermission piece. But, Patty, do you um, – Knowing what you just said about about uh, radio and how you feel about the old style radio broadcasts, do you see advantages of it being online? It's not as it's still not as portable though, right? As radio is. So you, if you want to watch, if you want to hear uh, whoever that only did online broadcasts, you'd have to have. Well, you'd have to be at home, wouldn't you? You could anywhere at home, but you couldn't be portable. You couldn't be. Uh, out for a run, you couldn't be driving around. You're not getting it that way, right? Well, unless you're unless you're chewing your data. Oh your, yeah, it would be, I guess you could. Your massive yeah. amounts of data, but no. You, to go backwards, you're right. It's more accessible. 
easier to access, whatever I'm trying to say there, on terrestrial radio, like, you know, flick on the signal. Like, I mean, you look back at your Packers days, mm -hmm. there was a reason Ian Byers had you do an intermission reports because there was X amount of guys on shift at the mill who wanted to know right. what the hell was going on. Now, the case you can make there is back in those days, there was no phones in everyone's pocket where you could go to right. MaryRichieGagnonPackers.com and get the update. Exactly. Or, I mean, the world was, the information was traveling by voice, <laughs> yeah, and, in and, most cases, and, and very slow. Look yes. at I'll, I'll tell you a real embarrassing one: how slow information was. I can remember in 1995 working at um, CJMO C C103 Rock 103, however you know it and remember it. This is embarrassing as hell. Had no person on the ground in PEI, and I'm going back to that famous brouhaha between UPEI yeah. and the Aigle Bleu. And PEI, I believe, won the game. And I remember looking at the old wire, and that means something to yeah. you. And say the score was 3-2, 4-3, whatever it was, I don't know. It doesn't matter for the sake of the story. But had no idea that the brawl had happened. And the referee was, by all accounts, assaulted because that was a whole thing, too. Yeah, Ron, all you had was a score. Ron Carrier was a referee now. Funny yeah. I would remember that. Mm -hmm. But the next morning you wake up and you're looking at your Moncton Times and likely a Hodge or an Eddie St. Pierre article or whomever was the scribe of the day and you're like, holy shit, how did I not know this last night? But in order to have known that last night, you would have had to have someone, let's call him Jerry Green, on the ground over there mm -hmm. calling back to Patty right. who's in studio. Right. It sounds like it's... We've, God, we're, we sound old here all of yeah, a sudden. But I would much prefer... Look, it, I don't... Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, the The business has... I don't know how don't know this generation, the current generation, would survive without not having information at their fingertips. Oh, they couldn't. No. Absolutely not. I, and I, now for us, it's a luxury. <clears throat> it's become a way of life, but it was when it started to develop and became more prevalent and more active information at your fingertips it was heaven on earth well look at uh, but that's you, the way they see it to date you and i it was a good day and don't laugh when i say this because you'll have good memories of it it was a good day when the latest installment of the encyclopedia collection <laughs> was delivered to the house you know what i mean you remember that day like holy shit the new one's here then you had to remember you, that's when you're you had to rely on your memory about <laughs> and if you got into an argument with anybody it was all about memory you didn't have a, a context or an index or anywhere to go to find out to dispute uh to to finalize the dispute it was always i'm gonna find that out i'm gonna find that out well it's funny you say that i harken back to uh, where we started here this podcast episode 22 uh, we gave a little shot to hiding the gang of james mill it's to the point now where on a trivia night you have to say all right folks put your phones away yeah we're just going to have a little bit of fun here because every answer of every question that you and i are about to ask is right there so much so because that's where you and i got the questions yes. from do you know what i mean yes <laughs> Um, all right, uh, so uh, let's uh, glance over some of the arenas uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Are we going to do that on this podcast? Or do you want to table that for next time? Yeah, let's do it another time, because there was so much meat on the bone of this one okay. in regards to the MHL and the memories you and I had together yes. uh, going through some of these rinks, and and, uh, and we've talked, we well, we haven't talked about Yarmouth, but we have on previous broadcasts, it's another end zone rink. Yeah. And all the seats are on one side, of which were always jam-packed. Uh, 1,200, I think, at the time. Now, they've expanded it, I think. 
Uh, there's more than 1,200 able to get into that rink now. Yarmouth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, the, 16 yeah, or the, something. The far end, they've uh, Yeah, knocked the wall work. out or something, or what they do? Put bleachers in at the very least. Uh, maybe. Yeah, for sure. But um, very well supported. Do you remember the, well supported. Oh, the first time we went down there, it was like we were the New York Rangers yes. playing the Montreal Canadiens. Yes. And there was a local car dealership. Now, funny, the stupid things you remember. Remember on the walkway in, they mm-hmm. had the whatever model year it was, all their cars there. Oh, no. it was It was almost... Festive. It was a big show. Yeah, it was yeah. a big show. And we're rolling in like, holy shit. And, and Saturday, Sunday, they, I think they had, if it wasn't every Saturday and Sunday, it was every other Saturday, Sunday, they had a, a team come in. Yeah. And especially from the north, it would be two games. Or otherwise, you're playing a Saturday night for sure. Another Sunday night somewhere else. Another 10 to 12 minutes here. We'll table the queue. Uh, I'm going to be a passenger on that show anyways, but I can't wait for it because I have lots of questions about some of these arenas. Good. The Victoriavilles, Drummondvilles, and Baycomo just have never been. I'll likely never never will be. uh, They exist. Interesting places. Okay. Um, We've come to find out that folks uh, enjoy a tale, hence uh, the regaling of the 50-50 that the captain ran across the ice <laughs> on. Uh, just one that uh, I wanted to enter into the record here because someone reminded me of the story, too. Uh, Truro, again, being the hub city for us. Um, one uh, So ending in Friday night. Uh, this is pre-Jerry Green. This is when uh, Hoppy and I were doing it. Um <laughs> It, yeah. no, 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 I'm not going to tell that Go one. Go ahead. You want, you want that no, one, too? Uh, no. It was the same trip. Funny I how. know, but tell that one. We'll save that one. Okay, very good. So Friday night, Anaganish, uh, likely, uh, I don't know, Jerry, 7 o'clock start, probably 7.30, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hoppy would have been uh, on his winter layoff, and I would have been off work at noon, so leaving at 2 or 3 in the afternoon to get all the way to Anaganish on a Friday meant nothing to either of us. It was uh, you know just a regular routine Friday for us. Um, get the broadcast done, get back into Truro, check into the hotel, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward, I said, come on, Dunn, let's go downtown for a beer. You know what that would do? His eyes popped up, shoes, coat on, we're ready to roll. He knew every cab driver in Atlantic Canada, drops a dime, gets a cab. We go to the engine room. <clears throat> Ever been? You've been to eat there. In Truro. I've been there. Yeah, okay. No, I've not been there on a uh, Saturday night. Um, so we walk in and it's packed. It's it's Friday packed or Saturday whatever night There's, it was yeah. yeah it's it's packed it's the place to be in Truro on this particular evening so me being me as the chef de mission on this trip and the one who would have to get us out of whatever we were about to get into you know what I mean he would start and I would have to finish and I don't mean finish with these uh, believe me I throw pillows that would have been my mouth that oh, yeah, I would have been negotiating you're the level headed guy right <clears throat> the voice of reason yeah, roll your eyes there. Reason, yeah. <laughs> that I'd be the voice of reason. So we go in there, and on the way in, I grabbed him. I remember he had a big uh, jean jacket on. I remember having a handful of denim, and I'm going, now listen, the only lad in this bar that you know is me, and I can outrun you, so shut your mouth. And he's like, shut your mouth, kid. Always <laughs> always called me kid. And to make a point, steams past a lady taking the cover charge and the coat check and says, pay this lady, and he keeps on walking. So I'm doing it. I'll never forget. It was $8, $4 a head. I hand her a 10 I check my code. He has his on. And this this checking of the code and paying of the uh, cover takes, what, two minutes on the high side? And when I come in, I look up on the stage, and who's on the stage with a microphone in his hand by this time but done? And I'm like, holy shit. So did you have a few pops before you went? Sure. Okay. Uh, and during the game. Was there a game that night? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. he's primed. 
both of us. I'm not okay. pointing the fingers here. Right. Oh yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not starting from zero you here. Never preface that with no. A prime. Sorry. Okay, we're okay. not starting from zero here. Okay, we're having. Okay, we're having a few brown bottles. Great. And nothing wrong with that. You taxied there. You're not. No, no, absolutely. You know. Well, we weren't taking the bus. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, I come around the corner, and again, he was always one to make a point. He, he, you know what? He had a funny way of letting you know who was in charge, and this is one of those examples. And I come around the corner, he's on stage with microphone in hand, and again, I have that moment like, oh, oh holy shit. And time is standing still, band stops playing, and everyone's looking at Dunn on stage, and my stupid face coming around the corner, and he waits. Pregnant pause, you would call it, till I show up. Uh, I won't use some of the words he used here, but uh, the gist of what he said was settle down in here, you bunch of blue nosers, because that was the, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the derogatory reference to a Nova Scotian. Mm-hmm. Nothing I hate any worse than a room full of drunks. And I thought, oh, my God, we're probably the two drunkest in this room. But the, the line was nothing I hate any worse than a room full of drunks. And <laughs> silence. And I'm, I'm like, holy shit, this is on. And I'm ready to hug a wall because I'm expecting the fur to start to fly here. <laughs> Tables, chairs, the whole nine yards. And then, Jerry, I forget about the connection to the old senior days and the Truro TSN Bearcats and the Allen Cup of 1998. He knows everyone. All of a sudden, they're like, is that Hoppy done? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm telling you, we had a wonderful yeah. we had a wonderful night that night, never spent. Other than the $8 I uh, use on the cover charge, we were, we were on the dole. Well, there was one time... Was it, did he do broadcast for Truro? He did it from Campbellton. He did Campbellton broadcast. Did he ever do any work for Truro? No, he never. Was it that 98 Allen Cup, he was the broadcaster. Yes. For the Bearcats. For the Bearcats. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Right. Now, whether then, Jerry, whether that was on TV or radio, I kind of forget because Mr. Rath, Stu Rath, I, I'm going to guess TV because his, his, Stu Rath was into the TV business. Right. That's what they call the TSN Bearcats. Uh, yeah, because he he brought some form of cable to central Nova Scotia. Right. Maybe East Link. Oh, it is East Link, 100%. So what about, what's the Campbellton connection? Didn't he do, was it the Junior Tigers or the Senior Tigers? I can't remember. Are you telling me, you want me to tell the story about the Highway 11 no, incident? No, you can save that. Okay. That's another I near good got, one. My fat head near got speed bagged by Mark, <laughs> by Mark Roy. So Mark Roy would have been the junior coach? Yes. It was the junior. Look as Was best. it the River Rats or Tigers? Tigers. Yeah. And... Well, look at James Scott, I think, saved my life that day. But uh, maybe we'll table that story for another day. Yes, yeah. Because I'm looking, I mean, look at my, my again, my fat head with Mark Roy's big fist. Yes. Just. And he was mad. Target. He yes. was. Oh, he was. No, that, that is a good story. You have he, to save that. He was mad. Okay. All right. Uh, so, listen, uh, uh, one final note. We'll enter into the record before we bid you farewell. Uh, we got to get a little plug in here for uh, Bruce Hollihan, who is a uh, sports writer, columnist. Um, of the Daily Gleaner, longtime uh, sports uh, department uh, member of the Daily Gleaner and uh, former Mayor Mashir, f- former partner uh, for you. You guys ran the roads together in various media circles. <laughs> we did, yes. Well, you did. Well, a li- yeah, a little bit. And of course, before uh, he moved to Fredericton, I'll, and then I-, I love the way, and I'm not just saying this because Bruce said nice things about us. I've always loved the way that the Gleaner covers sports. Mm-hmm. In-, in their market, they do university, they do it well. They do their high school sports. They do it very well, um, and 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 at lower levels as well. And they, they're not hockey centric. They're not baseball centric. Oh no, there's a lot of sports. They're, the university they're, that they cover. They're Fredericton centric. Yes, and and I respect that and admire that. Uh, 
Um, so kudos to the uh, department over there. Uh, but Bruce Hollihan in his annual year-end, his best of, uh, bothered to uh, include the run as one of his picks. Best of. Best of. Best podcast. Best sports podcast. So. Right. Bruce, uh, Jerry and I are waving at you. Thank you for that. Uh, unsolicited, uh, but uh, we certainly appreciate it. Um, Again, a Miramichi that gets to connect back home. And not, not, not only, not only uh, we're not always uh, centered on Miramichi news and activities, but that's most of the time it circles around something to do with somebody you know. That's what we know best. Yes. Um, I said this to you off uh, off the record here, uh, like uh, uh, Bruce. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we'll have you on here once we figure this uh, shit all out. But uh, you know, because the Frederick Gleaner said nice things, does not temper my disdain for <laughs> the Frederick Royals or the Frederick Red Rings or whatever. And you know what? It's funny. It's funny. I would say that jokingly, but uh, I don't like the Royals and I don't like the Red Wings. Uh, sorry, uh, but. It's nice, and I'm, I'm going back to we're recording this on a Saturday. Uh, the Frederick Red Wings were in for a rare Friday night game at the Miramichi Civic Center, but it's nice to see, and these kids have zero connection to the old days, quote-unquote, but there seems to be a little bit of hate and animosity mm-hmm. between Frederick and the Miramichi, just the right amount now. Mm-hmm. Not nothing. The, the scales haven't tipped into lunacy and stupidity, but there's just the right amount of hostility between these two teams, and I love every bit about that. Yeah. You oh, too. no, it was a hard-hitting game, and uh, and uh, for some reason, they don't like each other, which is great. And I think the whole Maritime or the the New Brunswick division hates each other. We haven't seen Edmonston yet, unfortunately. That was canceled last week when the, they were supposed to come to the Miramichi for the first time, and we're waiting to see that team. But there's a hate on for Fredericton. They don't like uh, uh, Grand Falls, and I know the Campbellton's in tonight, and, and the Timberwolves don't like them either. And, and you know what? This year, uh, COVID year, we'll call it, uh, is loaning to it because we're seeing a hell of a lot more of each other than we ever, mm-hmm. otherwise normally would. And I love everything about it, which is why I'm going to love in the NHL. We'll get to this sometime. Hopefully. Yeah, by the time we're uh, back on, I suppose the NHL will be in full swing. Um, I'm going to love every bit about this Canadian division. Oh, I can only hope. They better not mess it that up. up. They better not. I mean, that's gonna, you, that would be heaven on earth. What do you mean? It's the only way around? They, they can't. Ah, they, the NHL's working on something to try to get them to cross go, over, be in the States. And that's not going to happen. I mean, logically, let the Canadian teams play the Canadian teams. And then, you you know... The Surgeon General has spoken here. Again, but, <laughs> you know, uh, getting back to Bruce and that column, how difficult it would be to do a column on sports, the best of and the worst of for 2020, because there was so many worst of for 2020. Oh, and there, was, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to cover. No, you know, he, exactly. You, there but you, you remember back... There you are holding out a, a, a world-class sports department with no stew, no UMB, no Royals, no Red Wings, no... And Eddie St. Pierre used to do one, and... Gerard McLaughlin used to do one. Oh, I forgot about Gerard. Yeah, yeah. But Eddie's was always, you know, like you know, you know, Patty Big Head Quinn yeah. was uh, golfing with Jerry Small Feet Green. You know, he always have a nickname for everybody that he had, and it kind of annoyed me. A you know bit. what? Screw you for body shaming me. Why do I get the big head and you get small feet? I don't have small feet. You don't, I don't I'm looking at it right that. now. That's a. I don't know why he said that's that. That's at least an eleven wide right there, is it not? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm just coming up something off the top of my head. That's all. But all right. But those are those are challenging, and you really have to organize those. And so Bruce would have had to have had each month. He has stuff that he'd put away and review it again. It's not easy column to do, and it must have been a challenge this year. 
So we do appreciate the mention, Bruce. Thanks. All right. Uh, Creative Grounds, uh, thanks uh, for your hospitality. Stop by and uh, have yourself a cup of coffee, tea, hot chocolate, and a little treat. Uh, Next time you're passing through and you can uh, get a little uh, gift uh, certificate, gift card uh, for that hard-to-buy-for guy or gal on your Christmas list and give the gift of coffee at Creative Grounds. And with that, I think we're going to shut it down for the year that uh, is and is soon to be was, past tense 2020. Uh, we're back up and running. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for retweeting and sharing and, uh, the direct messages and, uh, the Facebook messages and the texts that we've received from all points. And of course, from Bruce, a little plug in the newspaper there, Hatchard, uh, Sean from the Moncton Times yes. wants to have a little conflab and a little chit chat about uh, the run as well. So we seem to be getting a little bit of traction and, uh, we're thankful for that as I knock on, uh, the table here with that, we'll divide and conquer here. Um, We're going to get this uh, out to the public uh, before the Christmas season. So from myself and to your family, uh, here's to a safe and happy holiday season and a genuine Merry Christmas from myself. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all and uh, a safe and happy one for sure. I know it's a little bit different with uh, how many people you can have in your house at times, but everybody seems to be adjusting. So we hope that continues and we come out of the Christmas season with a uh, positive feel and uh, we'll get back and uh, express what might have happened to us in the last couple of weeks in early January. I think that's what we'd be looking at, wouldn't we, for a target date? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. It'll be in the new year. All and the listen, best. if you're out and about, uh, be it, uh, as Jerry mentioned, a little quaint uh, little party with uh, family and friends, uh, maybe a work gathering, you're having a cocktail, please uh, don't drink and drive. Uh, there are better ways uh, to get home, make a better plan, and let's have ourselves a safe and happy holiday season. Yeah, I Second that emotion. All right. And with that, uh, this is The Run, episode 22. It's in the books. Thanks again for listening. Give us a share. Give us a subscribe and uh, one of those uh, little ratings there. Little, we prefer five stars over four stars. Absolutely. Five is better than four. Five is better than four. Take care, folks. All the best.